Welcome to Chamberlain University's MSN CourseCast. Each episode in our series will introduce and discuss key concepts from the modules in one of your courses. These episodes are intended to enhance your learning when you're on the go, so feel free to listen to them anytime and anywhere. Hi, everybody. My name is Dr. Carrie Simpson, and I am an associate professor in the MSN Accelerated Track Program. And today, my special guest is Dr. Mariah Hawkins, who I'm going to have come off and introduce herself. And today, our topic is social justice and the CNL as a patient advocate. So, Dr. Hawkins, would you come off and introduce yourself? Thank you so much for this opportunity. My professional background includes working as an acute care bedside nurse for eight years, serving as a clinical nurse leader or CNL on a 40 bed general medical unit for five years and a variety of teaching experiences, including clinical online and face to face for various universities. I received my CNL education through Grand Valley State University in 2013 and my DNP from the University of Michigan Flint in 2017. The Clinical Nurse Leader or CNL MSN is such an inspirational role as it is so versatile and you have the ability to be a change agent for positive patient outcomes through leadership and enhanced skills. And I should add, I am an assistant professor, so happy to be with Chamberlain since January of 2020. Well, we are so happy to have you as part of our team, Dr. Hawken. And you are so correct when you talk about the inspirational role of the CNL. I had the wonderful opportunity to attend the Clinical Nurse Leader Conference here a few months ago, and it was totally motivating and inspiring to see the great work that many universities are doing to promote best practices and outcomes for our clinical nurse leaders and striving to enhance that role. So you are absolutely correct. I want to start with just the definition of social justice. What does social justice really mean? So within the context of our course content, um, we describe social justice as balancing of benefits and burdens by all people. Social justice encompasses the concepts of fairness, just institutions, equity, and sufficiency. A social justice perspective supports the idea that health should be a fundamental right for all, according to the World Health Organization. In addition, if you want to take a very basic definition from the Oxford Dictionary, social justice is the objective of creating a fair and equal society in which each individual matters. Their rights are recognized and protected, and decisions are made that are fair and honest. And this is so true. Uh, We've seen great strides in this area of social justice. And I will say that when I first began in nursing, we didn't really talk about this. And and so about 25 years ago till now, it's so wonderful to see that we truly are encompassing this very important concept so that we do see fair and equal treatment across all communities. And Uh, within every aspect of life, and it's so important. So let's just talk about how does social justice relate to healthcare? 
In today's healthcare system, social justice is definitely a primary concern. As you said, so important to have equal and fair treatment for all. Specifically in the United States, healthcare insurance or coverage is very expensive and often left only affordable to those who have household incomes within the higher middle income to upper income brackets. Medicaid and Medicare are available to those who are within poverty levels or require government assistance, but that leaves a large population of individuals unable to afford health care coverage, not meeting the requirement for government aid. Unfortunately, government efforts to ensure this population have insurance has not been overly successful. The question then lies in the matter of this population not receiving the health care they need and deserve. In addition, fund, government funded insurances often not cover many providers, medications or procedures. And this also leaves those who financially struggle the most without care with certain needs. So this marginalization of care crosses boundaries of race, sexual orientation, gender bias, socioeconomic status, language, geographic location and culture. Social justice does not just entail socioeconomic status. Social justice is also a concept which includes advocacy for all individuals, regardless of economic status, race, ethnicity, age, disability, sexual orientation, and gender identity. There is marginalization of care that, again, it crosses boundaries of race and all of the components that I just discussed. So access to healthcare is certainly one example of social justice and how we need to expand access to healthcare coverage. Um, but then also another aspect of social justice is recognizing our vulnerable populations, whether they have healthcare or not, and ensuring that fair and equitable treatment occurs regardless of those personal characteristics, again, that we discussed. And Dr. Hawkins, can you share an example of a time when you were in your role uh, at the organiz healthcare organization where this actually occurred and you had to, as a CNL, get involved as far as uh, social justice related to one of these concepts that you just discussed? Yes. So, for instance, we had a patient who was not a U.S. citizen. And that becomes a very tricky situation when you are talking about, you know, minorities that are not actually even citizens. So we had a, a gentleman who was um, from Mexico in the area. He had a major health event and without getting into many details of the actual health event, um, it left him fairly debilitated and he had no way to pay for the healthcare services. He did not you know, qualify for government assistance because he was not a, a citizen and he did not have any family in the area. So he was in the hospital and certainly, you know, there was an issue of, you know, a safe discharge and where would he be discharged to and how would that work? Um, again, because he was, it, it, the healthcare issue left him very physically limited. And so it really became a struggle of, offering him services, having him have the required follow-up services, and what this gentleman's future held for him. The outcome ended up uh, that he had a close friend in the area, although not a family member, and essentially the friend was going to take him home for a brief period and then drive 
this gentleman back to Mexico um, and hopefully there he could follow up with his healthcare services. Again, I, it was sort of a discharge plan that was, you couldn't really foresee the outcome. So it was troubling, you know, for the entire team, not knowing, you know, is this gentleman going to make it back to Mexico? What's going on in the meantime? Um, but it, unfortunately it was the best plan, you know, that we could come up with, but in the meantime, making sure that just because he wasn't a U.S. citizen, we were providing care, providing the best care, and then just doing the best we could to have a, a discharge plan and follow up. Thank you so much for sharing that. And it segues right into the next question with how does nursing and specifically the CNL role relate to social justice? Professional nursing of all types has its roots grounded in social justice responsibility. Nurses demonstrate empathy, thus strive to understand the challenges that individual patients face. They provide care at the highest level to each and every patient, regardless of their status. Nurses advocate for patients' rights and are culturally competent. These ethical and social constructs are examples of nurses maintaining their responsibility to social justice each time they have a patient encounter. Several CNL competencies relate to social justice and incorporate action steps to address disparities in healthcare delivery and strive for health equity among all people. Here are a few examples of CNL competencies from the AACN as highlighted in our course. Addressing cultural concerns or language barriers at the point of care delivery. Leading equitable, safe, lateral integration of care to improve patient outcomes and advocating for vulnerable, marginalized, and underserved individuals. In addition, social justice is an essential nursing value and is one of the 10 assumptions of the AACN when preparing the CNL for practice and optimally fulfilling the role. As discussed in our text, initiating and sustaining the clinical nurse leader role, the CNL advocates for the worth and value of all persons and individualizes a plan for continuity of care that reflects a commitment to the principle of social justice. Social justice is tied to the CNL's responsibility for a fair, equitable care. Competency in providing health care to diverse populations and working with diversity are also integrated into social justice. A simple example of promoting social justice in practice would be to provide translator services to those with English as a second language. In my practice, a live translator was preferred, but we also had an iPad with translating services ready available at all times. Anytime patient education, consents, or other patient care activities took place, a translator was expected to be present. And I think what's important in this aspect is that we always remember at all levels of nursing is there's no one size fits all. And so doing that thorough assessment of various aspects of what your patient is going through and what resources they have are very important and really leads up to that advocating for your patient because there may be different things that each of your patients need. And so it's really important for that clinical nurse leader to be part of that team and advocating. So what does it mean to be a patient advocate, Dr. Hawkins? Advocacy in nursing promotes human dignity, patient equality, ensures patients make their own healthcare decisions, and provides relief of suffering. 
So patient advocacy has been a foundational nursing responsibility since the days of Florence Nightingale. Characteristics of patient advocacy, again, include promoting quality care, providing a safe, clean environment, and supporting human rights for all. So it's speaking up for the patients. It's being there when the patient maybe doesn't understand what's going on. Maybe the treatment that they're receiving is not considered fair or equal. And, and really the nurse provides that voice for those patients during those vulnerable times. Absolutely. And so I know that you have some great examples of how you've advocated in your role as a CNL, but how does the CNL serve as an advanced patient advocate? And can you share an example? Yes, definitely. As the CNL serves to promote safe, high-quality, patient-centered care, the role is essential in providing patient advocacy. Managing transitions across the care continuum is one of the major roles of the CNL in promoting patient advocacy. The CNL coordinates care for patients from one setting to the next. This can include acute care to long-term, primary to hospice, etc. As an advanced leader, the CNL develops a care plan to assure smooth transition. As discussed in our course, this could include reviewing the processes, identifying any communication gaps, safety or quality concerns, determining if there are gaps in the process, and providing recommendations for change in that care plan. As a CNL, I advocated for patients on a daily basis. Many of our patients were dealing with several chronic disease states at the end of their life. They would not be making any kind of recovery, but I felt we could do better at symptom management. Palliative care and hospice were both vastly underused resources at my facility, and I'd often advocate for consult with the physician and or healthcare team. On our unit, we had a high number of addicted or withdrawal patients as well. This is another example. I would often hear nurses remarking, oh, the patient did this to him or herself, or maybe if she hadn't drank so much, her liver would be fine. So I really worked hard to educate nurses and staff that addiction is a disease state, and these patients deserved our empathy, respect, and quality care. I also worked with a fair number of patients who faced substantial discharge barriers, mostly due to behavioral issues or concerns. When we had a patient facing a long length of stay, I would work closely with our case management and social workers to investigate all options for safe discharge. Patient advocacy can take on many forms in the CNL role and is integral to success in the role. I will tell you, I used to be a director of social services many years ago, and to have the role of the CNL to collaborate with back at that time would have been phenomenal uh, as we worked together and determined best plans for the patient. I remember having a gentleman who was in a, I used to work in a long-term care, skilled care facility, and the patient lived in the back of a gas station with no running water but he was alert and oriented. And it was one of those situations where it's kind of difficult not to put our own thoughts and perspectives into what we feel is best for somebody. And, and uh, remember that the patient has a voice in that too. And this patient did uh, want to go back to that gas station. And even though it wasn't something I felt was best, 
really just having that dialogue with other resources would have been phenomenal. And I think that the CNL role would have fit that bill perfectly. Would you agree, Dr. Hawkins? Yes, that CNL really provides that extra layer of support to the team and to the patient. So, you know, oftentimes case managers or social workers are left to do the heavy lifting in terms of discharge planning, but they're sort of working in a silo and the CNL is able to step in and break down those silos and bring the entire team together to really make a good plan and a, and a care plan for that patient and certainly, you know, what the patient wishes as well. That's a great example and one that I learned a few years into nursing because I, I had a patient and I can't remember this, the exact situation, but it was the same sort of thing where I, I just didn't think that the choice that the patient was making was safe. I didn't think it was a good choice. I I was concerned about the patient and their well-being. And I was voicing this to a physician colleague that I was working with. And I said, you know, I just don't think we can't let this patient go. This isn't a good plan. And he looked at me and he said, you know, just because you don't think it's a good plan doesn't mean that it's not a plan. Yes. And yes. <laughs> we have to respect people's decisions even if though we believe it's a bad decision. And so <laughs> that made me think for a minute, you know, I guess, yeah, you're right. Everyone is entitled to making their own decision. And we don't necessarily as nurses have to agree with those decisions, but we have to respect them. So and I think that example. goes back to the CNL rule really advocating for the patients. And that's such a great point you made. And, you know, sometimes we do get lost in our own thoughts and it's sometimes it's hard to, to separate those when we feel what we believe in our lifestyle and what we feel is best for humans as a whole uh, might not be what a patient that they agree with. So I absolutely think this segues again into the next item that we're gonna talk about. So social justice, and patient advocacy. What are the similarities and what are the differences? Great question. And so social justice and patient advocacy really are inherently intertwined in the nursing profession. As a patient advocate, the nurse is upholding principles of social justice by ensuring each patient is given the highest quality care, again, regardless of socioeconomic, race, or other personal status. Under the umbrella of social justice, nurses advocate for patients who may not have a voice, whether due to personal status as previously stated, cognitive limitation, language barriers, or simply they are unsure of the healthcare process. So the CNL is really the keeper of the patient story and is in a position to help navigate, clarify, and advocate for the patient and family in the complex world of healthcare. All of these activities of advocacy uphold social justice. So it's really hard to separately discuss similarities and differences because both of these are really intertwined. And I would say, you know, patient advocacy is a component under that umbrella of social justice. I would absolutely concur with that thinking and that you have to have that as part of the social justice. If you're really looking at social justice as a whole, 
advocating for what the patient wants and needs and to best meet again those one size doesn't fit all approach is so important. So Dr. Hawken, I really want to thank you for being with us today and discussing these key items for social justice and advocating uh, in the role of the CNL. Such great information for our students as they continue to work in the courses and developing in their role as a CNL. Just want to see if you had anything you would like to add as the wrap up. Well, I want to thank you, Dr. Simpson, for joining me today in our discussion of social justice and the CNL as a patient advocate. Promoting social justice and practicing patient advocacy are integral activities in the role of the CNL. Social justice is based on providing fair and equal health care treatment to all individuals, and patient advocacy is an action of the nurse by providing high quality care in a safe environment to every patient every time. The CNL upholds principles of social justice by practicing patient advocacy on a daily basis. I hope you enjoyed our discussion as much as I did and take care. Now that you've explored some important concepts related to your modules, if you have not done so already, please turn your attention to the course materials in your online course for additional application and practice of these concepts.